Hello everyone and once again, welcome back to Unknown Serial Killers. We're here to dig deep in the minds of serial killers and to find out what makes them snap. As always, viewers discretion is advised because we're talking about murder, violence, and maybe some drug use. Let's jump right in and discuss Anthony Sowell. Anthony Edward Sowell was born on August 19, 1959 in East Cleveland, Ohio, one of seven children born to single parent Claudia Garrison. Seven other children belonging to Sowell's sister also lived in the household, having moved in after her death following a chronic illness. According to Sowell's niece, Leona Davis, Garrison subjected them to physical abuse while her own children watched from an adjacent room. In one incident, Garrison forced Davis to strip naked in front of the other children, then whipped her with an electrical cord until she bled. Sowell himself began raping his niece on an almost daily basis for two years, starting when she was 10. It was reported by Davis that the other males in the household also participated in the rapes. So first off, he was brought up in a very bad upbringing. His mom being a single parent, raising her kids and several other kids in the household. And he started a life of crime in early age. Obviously, they weren't gonna send him to jail because she didn't say anything. But this is just how it starts from an early age. On January 24th, 1978, at the age of 18, Sowell entered the United States Marine Corps. He attended recruit training at Marine Corps Recruit Deposit Paris Island in South Carolina. On July 13, 1978, he was assigned to the 2nd Marine Aircraft Wing at Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point, also in North Carolina. In 1980, he spent a year overseas with the 3rd Force Services Support Group, then returned to Cherry Point. During his seven-year Marine Corps career, he received a Good Conduct Medal with one service star, a Sea Service Deployment Ribbon, a Certificate of Commitment and two letters of appreciation. So he turned his life around once he turned 18, which is good. But obviously, once a person commits a crime, they always go back to the life of crime. In 1989, a woman who was three months pregnant attempted to leave Sowell's home. He bound her hands and feet with a tie and belt and then gagged her with a rag. She told police, quote, he choked me real hard because my body started tingling. I thought I was going to die, end quote. He was charged with kidnapping, rape, and attempted rape. He pleaded guilty to attempted rape and served 15 years in prison. He was released in 2005. Lori Frazier, a niece of Cleveland Mayor Frank G. Jackson, began a relationship with Sowell shortly after his release from prison and resided in his home. She says she smelled decaying bodies and was told the smell was Ray's sausage shop next door. In September 2009, Sowell invited Latandra Billups to his home for a drink. On September 22nd, she told police that after a few drinks, he became angry and hit, choked, and raped her as she passed out. On October 29th, police 
arrived at his home with an arrest warrant. He was not there, but he was located and arrested two days later. The bodies of two women were buried in a shallow grave in the basement and four other women were found on the third floor of the home and in the crawl spaces. After digging in the backyard, investigators found three more bodies and a partial remain of a fourth. A human skull and a bucket inside the home brought the body count to 11. Most of the victims were killed by manual strangulation and others were gagged or had ligatures on their bodies when they were discovered. Sowell also raped three women, luring them to his property with an invitation to smoke crack cocaine with him. At the time of his arrest, Sowell was 50 years old. He had been living at the location for four years. He was held for a $5 million bond. His trial was originally supposed to start on June 2, 2010, but was repeatedly delayed. First to September 7th to give his attorney more time to prepare, then February 14, 2011, then to May 2nd as the request of his attorneys who needed more time to examine thousands of record records and hours of surveillance videos footage shot from the property next door to Sowell's and later to June 6th as a request of the prosecution due to scheduling conflicts. The trial began on June 6, 2011. Sowell was charged with 11 counts of aggravated murder and 74 counts of rape, kidnapping, tampering with evidence, and abuse of a corpse. He pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity, but later changed his plea to simply not guilty. Because he already knew that they weren't going to find him insane, they were going to get him a psych evaluation, and the person who did his evaluation was probably going to say, he's perfectly fine to stay in trial. On July 22nd, 2011, he was convicted on all but two counts, including the murders of the 11 women whose bodies were found in the house in 2009. On August 10th, jurors recommended the death penalty. On August 12th, Judge Dick Ambrose upheld the jury's recommendation. On September 14th, he was placed on death row and imprisoned at Chillicothe's Correctional Institution. On November 5th, 2009, two of the 11 African-American women victims were identified. The first was Tonya Carmichael and a 53-year-old who had disappeared more than a year earlier. Her body was found buried in his backyard. She appeared to have been strangled and was identified through the use of DNA evidence. Her mother had reported her missing in December 2008. The second victim was identified as Talisha Forsen, a 31-year-old who has disappeared five months earlier. Although she had been missing since June, her mother did not report her missing until she heard the news coverage regarding the dead bodies discovered in Sowell's home. On November 8, 2009, three more bodies were identified. Crystal Dowser, a 38-year-old who went missing in May 2007. The mother of seven children, she lived in the area where her body was discovered. Her family reported her missing to the Cleveland Police Department. This was not the first time she had gone missing and the family accused the police of failing to investigate. The family took it upon themselves to post flyers and call hospitals. Amelda Hunter was 47, a beautician and mother of three. She did not live in the area where her body was found, but she did visit frequently. 
A previous injury left her unable to use one of her arms. Her family did not report her missing until after the police began removing bodies from Stowell's home. Michelle Mason, 45, was last seen in October 2008. She lived in the area where her body was found. According to records, the police conducted a full investigation where her family reported her missing. After Sowell's conviction in December 2011, his former residence at 12205 Imperial Avenue was demolished on the order of city leaders. He is incarcerated at the Chillicothe Correctional Institution. On January 21, 2021, he began receiving end-of-life care at the Franklin Medical Center in Columbus for terminal illness. He died February 8, 2021 at the Franklin Medical Center. <sighs> Man, I know I didn't take much breaks in between because I really wanted you guys to hear this story and how wicked some people can be. This man had took 11 people from their families, from their children, from everybody that ever knew them, and he could care less. But you know what? Karma got him in the end. He died in jail, and he deserved what he got. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to his story as I enjoyed telling it. As always, join me next week, and we'll dig deep into the minds of another serial killer. And remember, like I always tell you, be nice to people. You never know who they kill. See you guys next week.